been over 300, boys. I've given it a ton of thought. <laughs> you have or haven't? Have not. I oh. said I have, but you know I'm full of ass. <laughs> oh, okay, gotcha. But I usually plan that party in late, late November for early December. <laughs> Come hang out with us in two weeks. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, pretty much. I feel like we'll decide two nine be on. I mean, uh, on three three. Uh oh. Hang on, Cobb. Are you moving around? Because you're, you're coming in and out. Oh no, he's... I'm not moving at all. Uh oh. All right, try to talk for a. Like... Oh, here we go. Hold on. I'm leaving this stuff in. Do you guys still have me now? We sure do. You sound clear as a bell. Yeah, yep. it should be a lot better. Now I'm on five G. Oh, word. Oh, nice. It's got protection everywhere yeah, it needs to be. <laughs> What's that? said so you're hearing yourself everywhere you need to be. It's got that 5G. Yeah, exactly. Got to get that 5G, son. Nice. Well, we're not recording yet, are we? Sure are. But we can delete it. Oh, wow. No, that's fine. I didn't say anything that I regret yet. Okay. okay. Yeah, maybe we should just start then. Good day. You are listening to a podcast, but this isn't just any podcast. Just any podcast couldn't do this. Or this. What the? This is the podcast. Starring the tense. Starring the tense. Star- the. Uh, starring the Ted Smith and Cobb. The podcast starts. You better wear a helmet now. Woo! The podcast episode 290, building up till we get to 300. What's up with your boy, the Ted Smith? We'll be hosting this here podcast, greatest podcast on all the land. All the land. Uh, to the left of me, he's always here. Actually, he's not here. Is he to the right of me? No, he's not here at all. He's uh, you know, he's on Skype. Unless he's somewhere in Asia on two wheels. Uh, he goes by the name of Cobb. Cobb, what's going on? World markets in a death spiral today as coronavirus fears grind supply chains worldwide to a halt. The number of cases hit 70,000 and continues to climb. But fear not, you've got the podcast. The bellwether in the storm as Ted, Matt, and Cobb post gains of nearly 3% on the back of an incredible holiday season and a bright outlook for 2020. Is this the year the star finally burns bright for all the podcast shareholders? The answer may surprise you. Ooh, I like it. All right, back on the wheels of steel, get the steel all set up, get all the water straight. Matt Conner, the producer, MCTP. What's up, Matt? Hey, Ted. Well, I'll tell you what, Mr. Cobb, uh, you and Matt just missed the excitement in the lobby here at the building. <laughs> Shoot it. Showdown? What was going on? Uh, you're pretty close. Apparently, there was a man with a blade. So I walked downstairs at like 6.05. Is that you? No. But as I walk out, there's just a bunch of cops in the, uh, in the, in the hallway, like screaming at this dude, like guns drawn, like, get on the ground. Like, don't move. And I was like, what is going on? Like, somebody's got a blade. I was like, all right. But there was like six cops with guns drawn. One dude had the big uh, beanbag. Like, gun. Oh. oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, a little grenade launcher looking thing. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. Because at first I'm looking at it, I'm like, is that a, he can't have a grenade launcher inside. That would destroy the building. Uh, so I put two <laughs> and two together and realized beanbag, <laughs> beanbag round obviously in there. God, dude, what would it cost for you to take one of those beanbags to the chest? Ooh. Real money. Talk to me right now. To the chest? To the chest. Oh, no. Okay, okay. To the stomach, actually. Ooh. Like, to where your belly button is. And it's going to be from, let's see, it's going to be short. It's going to be from uh, 18 yards away. 18 yards. Oh. Yes, you're taking the brunt of that bad boy. Man, I don't know. Because that's going to hurt so bad. Oh, yeah, those beanbags are no joke. I mean, I don't know if those have killed people, but I know the wooden pegs that they shoot at the street and bounce up into the crowds definitely have. I will say this. I had a friend once that uh, got got into guns and was buying a lot of them, and... 
He was talking about buying beanbag rounds, and I said, don't. And he was like, why? Because eventually <laughs> somebody's going to get drunk and be like, all right, hit me with the beanbag round. And, and we're all going to regret it. <laughs> yeah. Right. This could do a lot of damage. Yeah. It's a Ted, though. Like, dollars on the table, what does it cost you to take one of those beanbag rounds to the stomach? Honestly, dude, we got to be talking probably 15 Gs. 15, Ted. You need oh, to value oh. yourself. I was thinking six <laughs> figures. Yeah, but nobody's going to pay you a, six figures for for a round. I didn't hear that stipulation brought up by Mr. Cobb. Just thinking 15 <laughs> right now. I take that round, put it in the savings. I'd be good. Okay. I'd... <laughs> I mean, look, we're talking realistic. For 15, shoot me. Dude. God, that'd be brutal. I'd probably take, yeah, I feel like 17, maybe 20. I'd take one. Yeah, I mean, obviously 15 to 20 is the range. Oh, I'm yeah. thinking 50 to 100 grand. Well, the thing is, you know, whoever it is is taking in the lowest bidder out of the three of us. I feel like right now Ted's got it. I think I'm 17, part stop. Yeah, my, reverse price is right. That one's 50 G's. Like, no, there's no chance. Just take Ted out, out back and shoot him. <laughs> Dude, I won't lie. Like, I, you see cops all the time, but to see them with their guns drawn, I'm like, some of those dudes are big dudes. I was like, yeah, that's kind of scary. I bet. Well, also, they wear those vests under the uniform a lot of times. So they look way thicker than they are. Yeah. I've noticed nowadays, I feel like the 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 modern police officers, like, how long does it take you guys to get dressed? <laughs> and, like, are you Dude, just getting you. to work out? There's so much stuff on their belt and everything and non-lethal rounds and tasers. I'm just like, dang. Dude, I'm honestly so happy you said that because I was on Capitol Hill walking and I saw a bunch of cops kind of had an intersection closed off. And so I asked one of them, I was like, Dude, you have so much stuff on. I was like, is it hard to chase people down in all that gear? And I was in running gear and he was like, yeah, man, it's brutal. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, literally, I mean, they got a lot of gear on. I'm like, that's got to weigh a ton. Oh, yeah, you got a gun, a taser, the nightstick, a couple of pairs of handcuffs, God knows what, a radio, like, the, then you're wearing a bulletproof vest. I mean, yeah, just when does it stop? Yeah, you guys won't know, but when I was a kid, the cops had a gun, a pair of cuffs, and a nightstick. <laughs> <laughs> Well, dude, that's what's crazy, though, because you know that the people who are making those decisions are not officers on the front line. They're bureaucrats somewhere in Olympia or wherever else. And so they're just like, oh, yeah, like if we have cops with tasers, then we can say, well, you shouldn't have shot him. You should use the taser. And it's like, just add one more thing. And they add one thing every year. And pretty soon that guy's belt is just like one of those old like, uh, you know, those change belts with all the quarters in it. It's like running with one of those. Oh, yeah. Like the old school, uh, like the guy would have selling you ice cream or whatever. Yeah, exactly, dude. It's like the this stuff's just getting so heavy and cumbersome. It's like, when does it stop? I was oddly obsessed with those change machines. You know the ones we're talking about, Matt, that like the dude wears on his belt? But yeah. like when I was a kid, it just seemed so cool the way a guy that would just like click out a couple quarters, like, here's your change. Like, thanks for the fat frog. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, so I'm sure Matt will speak on this too. But uh, first of all, we got to talk a little bit about cage sport MMA. Uh, Cobb, the bad news is uh, I feel like the curse has restarted. Dude, no. Don't oh, tell me that. boy. Well, yeah. Tim, uh, Tim lost. Five-round decision. Oh. And then our other buddy Talon got, got, uh, got KO'd. No! You got KO'd? Dude, you got to give me the play-by-play. -play. I don't even care about the podcast right now. Tell me what happened. So, first of all, I will say the first fight of the night was great. I got blood on me, though. Like, there was a punch, and blood landed on my face. Matt had a funny view, because he could just see my hands and, like, be freaking out. Yeah, the, the, the fight, like, kind of 
moved towards Ted's side of the cage, and then out of my peripheral, I saw Ted, and then he just, like, reaches up to, like, wipe his face and gives a confused look at, like, confused, disgusted, but, like, I guess this makes sense. I'm at the front of a MMA fight, but... Well, I've, I've had sweat on me. This is the first time I was like, that's freaking blood on me. Yeah, that's crazy. I got blood on my shirt the first first time I was on the apron. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I got to see your whole reaction, and then you're leaning over to Kenny, like, talking to him about it, and I was just like, I missed... And that was an exciting part of the fight, obviously. If there's blood spraying on the front row, that's an exciting moment, and I was like... Just totally fixated on you for like 15, 20 seconds of the action. <laughs> yeah. So, Cobb, it's a little bit of a solemn night, right? Is our matchmaker, Rich Guerin, had passed away after our last show in October for Cage Sport. So we know there's a heaviness, like a tone to the, to the night. But also, like the Yakima MMA guys, his gym, but like the, the place was buzzing. It's Ooh. sold out, standing room only. This first fight starts, Cobb. And I mean, these dudes are just trading blows. I mean, they were bloody in the first round. It ended up winning fight of the night. But, uh, yeah, our boy Juicy J was back. He won. And then our, our two guys lost. So I, was I like, like you say our boy. Like, he hasn't been hunting me for a year now. <laughs> it was just wild, man. I was like, man, like, I, like Rich has passed on, but yet the curse still stands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus, man. God. <laughs> I you know trying... what? I'll, I'll say this. Jay, <laughs> Juicy J, if you want some, you know where I work, man. Cops popcorn, come get me. Wow, turned oh. into a plug. That was <laughs> slick, dude. I was, I was trying dude, to explain he, that rivalry to Nolan on the way down there. Like, I don't even remember how it started. I know we love Drew, and Drew came in, and they had some fights, and like, so him and Drew always went back and forth, right? It was just like, and it wasn't. I don't think we were ever talking trash on Julian, Julian Arosa. Us two weren't. <laughs> yeah, Cobb sure did. Right. So, and Cobb, I don't know if you remember, right? But I was telling Matt this, like, Rich, that was his trainer. So that was always the guy where I quote unquote initiated contact with because he's like yeah i heard you guys are giving my fighter a hard time and i just was like no that's cool so, <laughs> awkwardly trying to like touch his shoulder yes uh, dude well i'll just say this there's something gets me excited about having a fake rivalry the the fact of the matter is juicy j could probably slap me and i would pass out i mean he clearly is superior in every way but i like having a rivalry if he comes down, I'll probably just try to give him popcorn and make amends for, you know, my mouth writing checks that my body can't cash. Well, the worst thing is, is Julian's nice. Like, I saw him back <laughs> yeah, he's like, dude, great, great to see you, Ted. I'm like, yeah, good to see you, too. <laughs> <laughs> but I just like the idea of having a rival, man. Oh, yeah. Care. You've had a rival as long as I've known you. <laughs> Different <laughs> versions, <true>. but, <laughs> right? Like, I'm like, yeah, he does enjoy having a rival. Uh, oh, yeah, dude, but some point on the podcast, we'll tell the story of my initial rival, which was, uh, I won't say his name, but the Asian Rambo. And uh, I was, we, we had a legit solid rivalry for over 10 years, and now we've, we've made peace. But yeah, another day. Uh, so the first fight comes out, j just banging, good stuff. And then Talon, I want to say, was like third or fourth on the fight card? Yeah, he was fourth. He was the last card on the, or last fight on the under, undercard. All right. So, I mean, look, there's not much to say. It, they were, I mean, that fight didn't even last, what, a minute, minute and a half? And he just got, he just got caught, dude. He got caught. He's on his butt right in front of me. And, like, he got a punch. Yeah, he took a hard punch. And, I mean, that's what I'm saying. He just got caught. There's nothing you could do. Like, he's down immediately. And he tried to kind of fight for a second, but the dude ran over, put one more punch on him. Then it was over. And then, it was, I mean, he was legit. He was legit kind of out there for about 10 seconds. 
Because I, I wasn't, he uh, was kind of holding on to the, you know, it's it just instincts. So he's kind of holding on to the ref's leg. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's not the guy you're fighting. Uh, but I saw him yeah, afterwards. He was all right. And I was telling, I was telling somebody later that night, like, look, it's fighting. Watching somebody get knocked out or get dropped is one thing. I don't mind that. It's when you see the other stuff, like bro- bones break in or that dude with the eye socket. Jaw. Yeah, like that's the stuff that's brutal. But I was like, yeah, it's part of fighting. So, <laughs> yeah. So that wasn't super great. <laughs> Uh, and then Juice uh, Julian uh, won his fight. Then we had a nice presentation for Rich. And then uh, yeah, the last fight was good, but Tim just got he just got out point in a in a five round loss. God, man! Every time I hear about Julian, I feel like he's winning. Yeah, well, he and he I'm, had a I'm long questioning la- the rivalry. He had a long layoff, man. He hadn't fought in a while, so it was good to see him back in the cage and uh, and getting it done. Oh, dude, yeah. I'm questioning everything right now because I just realized I don't know what weight class this guy fights at either. Julian fights right there, like 145, 150. Yeah. Okay, so he's walking around at like a buck 70. Probably, I would say he probably walks around a buck 70 at least, if not a buck 75. Dang. Yeah. But he's not that small. To his credit, man, he he always makes weight and everything, and he doesn't look tired because there's some guys after a weight cut, like they still look a little like they're dragging butt the next day, like. He looks fresh. I mean, granted, gaunt in the he, face. Exactly. He didn't look gaunt at all. Like he looked, he looked, he looked fired up, and he handled his business, man. He won that thing fair and square. Dang. What, what, much, what do you think was the fight of the night? That first fight, first one, easily, and it did end up winning fight of the night. And I and, and I'm telling you, dude. I mean, this was the last show we were going to have in the Emerald Queen, or in that version of the Emerald Queen. But I mean, it people, it was electric in there, man. I mean, it, it was loud. It was fun. Yeah, I was. I love that vibe. Uh, yeah, so we had to mention that. Tim, uh, Talon, always more than welcome though on the podcast. You know, it's fighting. People lose. Dude, frankly, I feel like Juicy J is welcome too. You know, maybe we have a rivalry up. <laughs> <laughs> you got to go easy saying rivalry this much because there might be things in process that you don't know about yet. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, dude. Okay, look. <laughs> right? I'm like, right. you say that. Bite your tongue. Yeah, off. you never know. Juicy J might just start this back on us without even without us even knowing. <laughs> also, look, I'm uh, alive. Dude, Ted, I swear look, for everyone listening, Ted holds the spare key to my house. He has all my keys. Ted, if that comes back to bite me and I go home from this trip and he is in my living room, I swear to God, dude. I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be weird. You see me just walking. That would be the ultimate betrayal. You see me walking away from your place. Like, no, dude, I'm always in this part of the hill. Like, you don't cross Broadway. What are you doing up here? Is Juicy Jenny in my apartment? <laughs> He's my just... storied rival in my own living room. How will you find him? <laughs> uh, all right. So then uh, I'm sure we'll talk about this, but it was kind of fun. Matt and uh, Nolan came down. And then we went out, got a slice at Dino's afterwards, and actually ran into uh, the mayor. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Nice. He's yeah. out there shaking hands and kissing babies, huh? He was. Dude, he showed up at, like, I mean, it, we got a late start, right? So the fights ran, and with the presentation, like, it ran long. So, I mean, I don't think I met up with Matt back in the city. It's like 11, 15-ish. Something like that. Yeah. Gr- so, uh, the mayor shows up at, like, 11, 30, like, like. And he's wearing a velour sport coat. Dude. Just like, oh. Coming in stunting on Dude, us. Dude, yeah. Oh, that's why he wins re-election every year, man. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, uh, that's impressive. All right, let's see. Uh, so one thing I wanted to get to today is like, so 
actors, musicians, like a lot of people make a lot of money, right? For quote unquote, not hard jobs. Now I'm not, I'm not talking trash on anybody's jobs, but I wanted to bring up to you guys like, and granted, I care about sports, so I watch a lot of sports stuff, but it seems like we talk about NFL players' salaries all the time. And, like, nowadays, there's a lot of people talking about should quarterbacks, like, take a pay cut, take a hometown discount, and I'm just like, no. Like, how is it a player's fault that there's a salary cap in the league? And I just, I don't know why it seems like we pick on football players the most about what they're making. Like, they make, outside of a few quarterbacks, they make the least out of the four major sports in the States. Like, I, I don't know. And then, and then we get mad when these athletes make a business decision, but all we do is talk about their business. I hear you. I I feel. Go ahead, Matt. I feel like you got something to say. Well, I mean, I see the hypocrisy he's discussing, um, and you know, I know the NFL is big on having parity in the league. I mean, it seems like all the leagues say that. My question was, I don't pay enough attention to the MLB, but do they consider that there's a pretty decent amount of parity in that league? Uh, which is like different teams becoming good in different seasons and not just one team being over-dominating because of some advantage they have. But So baseball doesn't have a salary cap. I don't think so. Cap. You have the Yankees. Right. Don't they have like 30 or 40 titles or some S? Well, that's over the course of time. I mean, yeah. So is that, Yankees... But is that a result of there no, being no salary cap, and that's why the NFL is hesitant to do it? Because doesn't the NFL make more money than the MLB? Oh, a ton more. And they could raise the cap. I get I, I just have a hard time telling somebody else, right? Because at the end, of the, you know, it's like telling a college kid who's gonna get drafted in the first round to stay in school. Like to me, like isn't in the purpose of all these businesses and we live in this capitalistic society is for everybody to go make money. So I'm just, I, I just find like, I don't know. I just think every athlete should go make all they can. I'm with you. You know what I mean? It's. I like, would say, <clears throat> yeah. Go ahead. So I, I mean, no, that's just my view on it. Like, I get you want to be on a winning team and this and that, but also like this is their career. They only get a few of these contracts. Like, you got to go make the money you can. I would say that it depends on which level you want to attack this problem on. I think you know the overall large problem is that our society has become so hyper focused on doing things that make you money on maximizing. Your, the value of your time. And we have so many little transactional, um, uh, what's it called? Transactional interactions that support this, that everything within our society, you know, has gotten a value attached to it. Even something like a good example would be people talk about the dating market. They're back on the market. They talk about it like it's an economics <laughs> problem of getting the most value. Am I wrong? No, no, no. You're right. We're just, we're just oh, laughing. Okay. Sorry. I heard you laughing. I could hear. So, um, so anyway, they talk about it like it's an economics problem, but really like, is it that you want to find the absolute most economically viable mate? No, you want to find somebody that you want to spend your life with and, you know, ostensibly have a beautiful time together. And you don't think about that when it comes to friends or any of your other relationships. And so anyway, if you want to attack it at that level, I think the whole idea of trying to maximize your salary is wild. Now, that being said, we're all playing that game. So within the confines of that game, I would say absolutely these quarterbacks should be trying to maximize how much they should get. And the reason is this. They spent 18 years, probably more, getting as good as they can at a, a skill that only has one major employer. One. 
There's almost no negotiating power there. So when you do get that negotiating power, I think you should use it. The other thing is you spent 18 years to have – Ted, you'd probably know this better than me. What's the average lifespan in the NFL? Probably like 2.3 years or something? I was going to say, I think it's two to three years. Yeah. Yeah, so two to three years. That's about how long my roommate played. I think the pension kicks in at four years. Um, and so you know they have this tiny window – and that they can actually make money with this one employer for this one skill that they spent almost two decades acquiring. And then the other piece of it is it's not like a job where you're a, a surgeon or a dentist. Actually, I guess a dentist would be a bad example. And in, my point is an injury can end that career immediately. Any sort of injury and you're playing a high contact, you know, sport with, you know, a bunch of other giant humans running around smashing into each other. So injuries I would say even the toughest critic would say that injuries are likely in the NFL. And so, you know, that shortens that time even more and their prospects of future contracts. So, yeah, I get that there's some outlandish salaries paid to a few of the top guys, but I would argue that you would find that long tail end of the curve in almost any profession, the best surgeons in the world, the best doctors in the world, the best engineers in the world, you know, the best musicians in the world are getting an absurd amount of money. I mean, Jennifer Lopez probably makes as much as the bottom 2 million Spotify, you know, rappers or whatever. So anyway, SoundCloud rappers. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's part of it too. Is like, right. Actors make crazy amounts of money, but we just don't think about it the same way with them. When you don't think about the millions of actors who are working as waiters in L.A. <laughs> that's a solid, solid point, man. And that's, you know, it, it, the reason I bring that up is um, <clears throat> I think I told you this because I posted it in our group. But there's this course that uh, Yale offers. It's the most popular course at Yale. And it's a Yale happiness course that I've been taking. I would encourage anybody to take it. But it's basically about um the psychology behind human happiness and how we miswant things. And what we do um, briefly is that we assign, we, we have weird, we have no logic for how we get our reference sets. So people who watch a lot of TV, for instance, view the average American as much richer and more wealthy because you're watching the real housewives of Orange County or the bachelor or whoever else. And they're wearing nice clothes and they're going and doing all these things. And so you think that's how rich the average person is. And so then you feel worse about yourself. And so the same thing with these NFL quarterbacks, you know, they're seeing, Oh, well, like all the guys in the NFL are making millions, whatever. Cause they see that constantly on TV. But if you really think about it, you probably know less than three people who are in the NFL that, you know, personally. You know, so it's a very small subset, but it has a huge representation in your personal, you know, um, reference set. And so it messes people up. It makes people feel sad. But the reality is very, very, very few people are quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, I think, too, it matters about eras as well. Right. Because, I mean, like, look, like, just look at the industry I'm in. Right. Like, there's still people that make a ton of money. But also, it's not like it used to be like in the 80s and 90s, like. People that, you know, people were signing million dollar, like multi million dollar deals to do radio. So there's a lot of people who still just assume that stuff goes on. Yeah, that's true. And what's crazy is more people now than ever are listening to audio. And there are quite a few podcasts that make a couple hundred thousand dollars an episode with sponsors. And so it's not even that that went away. It's that it's it's shifted. And yeah, you're right. Things do change and shift over time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for me, I just get annoyed as I'm just like, I, I don't know. I, I guess sometimes it's two things. Number one, I, like it's a sports show. Let's talk about what they do on the field. And then also like, like 
to tell somebody to take less money to me, I just can't do it. It goes against everything I know. Then number two is, like, we get mad at these athletes when they make business decisions, but it's all everybody talks about. It's how much money they're making and this and that. It's just a weird circle we're in with this. Well, and that's the weird dichotomy, right, is that when you're in high school, this is partially why I prefer college sports, but when you're in high school, uh, typically people are playing for, you know, somewhat the love of the game, the love of their team, their school, what they represent. And we get attached to that because we're from that area. A college, I would say for the most part, same thing. Ted, you love University of Maryland Terrapins. Go you Terps. didn't go there, but you have an affiliation. Yeah, go, dude, fear the turtle, baby. But, you know, <laughs> you didn't go there, but you have an affiliation for them because they represent your area. They represent Maryland and what it's about. Now, what's weird is obviously all those people didn't grow up in Maryland. We do some, you know, trading back and forth or whatever. People go to different areas. But generally speaking, like, they are the pride of College Park, Maryland. And so then people with the NFL, which is an entertainment product, conflate that and they think, okay, like, this is who I am. This is the city of Seattle. Go Seahawks. And generally speaking, I'm on board with that. I'm pro Seahawk. But they're looking at it as this is so pure and this is something that the guys are doing for the love of the game when in reality these guys are taking massive head trauma, damage to their body, damage to their joints, ligaments, what have you, and they're not doing it for free. Like they're out there trying to earn a living just like you, and I think if somebody walked into your job and said you should take a pay cut to work in a different city, maybe a city you grew up in or whatever, you'd laugh in their face. Yeah, 100%. There's no chance. So, you know, I don't know. That being said, go Hawks. I mean, like, look, I used to coach with a guy. And go Dragons. <laughs> go Dragons. I used to coach with a guy way back in the day. He was one of the only people I knew that ever turned down more money. He didn't take a pay cut, but he, now granted, he wanted to coach his kids, and he already had a very good job. But, yeah, I remember asking him, I was like, are you going to take that promotion? And he goes, no. Like, at this point, I'd rather spend this time with my kids. But I think... I think he was a rare person. I think most people, you almost always take the, the more money. And and that's the thing, too, is like we do this in everyday life, right? Like, I don't know. If you started, like I started a landscaping company with, with my buddy Bernie. Now, I'm trying to think. I have another buddy named Matt. Let's say Matt. Matt says, hey, I'm starting a landscaping service. I'll pay you twice what Bernie paid you. So, well, number one, that should be easy. Is Bernie paid me the crap. <laughs> number two is I'll take the job. Yeah. I mean, I would say that, you know, there are other factors, but generally speaking in an employment context, you know, money talks, money plays for sure. Yeah. Now, of uh, course, there are other concepts like loyalty and, you know, liking the place you work and walking distance from work, et cetera, et cetera. There are other considerations. We're not saying that. But, you know, for somebody to just completely take one consideration off the table, I think I'm with you, Ted. It's absurd. Right. And I think I just, I mean, I don't know. I don't need to defend NFL athletes. I just think it's different from them. It's like you're saying, like there's basically one employer. Now we have the XFL now. Those guys are making 22000 a year. Right. And you have the CFL. Oh. But like this isn't basketball or soccer where you can go all over the world and, and play. Like I, I have friends that I went to high school with that didn't last in the NBA, but played, you know, 13, 14 years overseas and made a decent chunk of change. Not, not decent, a good chunk of change. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. It, somebody right now is screaming into their headphones, Canadian Football League, Canadian Football League. Like, dude, don't even bring that garbage in here. It, were you to pull up a seat, pull up a hot seat at the podcast, you would be stricken down by an angry god immediately. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> 
Don't oh. come at me with that Canada Football League, man. Not today. Uh, you know what? I think next week we might have on uh, Brad Evans, who used to play for the Seattle Sounders, who now is uh, working for them. We should ask Brad. Like, Brad, what do you do when you sleep at night under your giant pile of cash you made? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, dude, are you serious that Brad Evans is going to be there next week? Uh, I believe so. He reached out to me this dude. past weekend. Wow. Dude, I'm, I get back on Thursday. You're killing me. I'm missing him by two. I've always wanted to be Brad Evans. Ah, maybe I'll push him off a week. Dude, so, if you push him off a week, I'll be there. I'm back on the fifth. All right. Yeah. See you <laughs> this weekend. Tell, tell Brad he can wait. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> uh, all right. Yeah, you know, we're about good there. Uh, Cobb, did you get up emails or no? Oh, um, I wait. What do you mean by get up? Like, did you get the emails? I did not. Uh, yeah, I had a couple. I just uh, I don't have them pulled up right now, but I'm pulling them up as you talk to me. I'm just right. stalling. That's fair. I was having Let's a little uh, fun with uh, social media and uh, Miles today. He's getting on. He's getting on a flight tonight. So I just I was saying, hey, you got to make sure. I and look, I've been guilty of this too. But when everybody goes to the airport, they have to tweet a picture or Facebook a picture of them sitting in the airport bar having a beer or whatever, right? So I was bitching about it, and I, and I go, look, I'm super guilty. I did it for years as well. So as we were talking, he texts me a picture, like, here's your picture of my beer, a-hole. I was uh, like, you better tweet that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, all right, so uh, we got an email here. Uh, he didn't put his name, but nice photo. Uh, I won't say who you are. It was uh, the t- subject is 10 out of 10 movies. So the, pot- the subject last week, the cop topic, or maybe that was two weeks ago, was what movie is a 10 out of 10 uh, to you that most people haven't heard of, right? Something similar to that. Um, so his uh, movie, UHF, either you guys seen it? Nope. Uh, what? I'm going to look it up right now. UHF? UHF, yeah. I don't know anything about it. Let me see if I can get like a just quick Wikipedia on it or something. Uh, oh, it's a Weird Al Yankovic movie. Oh, nice. Yeah, I love Weird Al. I was a big Weird Al fan when I was a kid. Yeah, obviously. I mean, you saw his movie. <laughs> Dude, I probably had seven of his CDs. I had six of his CDs. <laughs> Dude, I'm with you. I like Weird Al. By the way, uh, if you ever want to hear a super funny skit that involves Paul F. Tompkins, the comedian, look, just Google his name, Paul F. Tompkins. And uh, and Weird Al Yankovic. It's like a three-minute bit, but it is hilarious. After losing yet another job, George, Weird Al Yankovic, wonders if there's any career that can handle his outrageous personality when George's uncle hands him the deed to a local TV station. George creates a series of television show based on social satire and hyperactive humor with the help of his best friend. However, a rival station's bitter CEO tries to destroy George and force him to fight back. Nice. Yeah, that actually sounds pretty good. Not to check that out. A nice synopsis uh, to the emailer. I thought Cobb was like reading that off IMDb or something. It's on. Uh, yeah, if you Google the movie, that that's the little thing. Oh, okay. I thought you copied. It. I thought you were reading the email still. <laughs> I was reading along with them. We have like, smart I, listeners. <laughs> we do have smart listeners. <laughs> Salutations to the greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. Y'all always wonder what it's uh, what it is that finally makes a long time email. Li- <laughs> oh, <laughs> Damn, I don't like this great. setup. Like, what did we screw up that he's emailing us? 
Uh-oh. Y'all always wonder what it is that finally makes a longtime listener email in for the first time. This is it for me. 10 out of 10 movie that uh, most haven't heard oh, of. All right. Two jump to the front of my brain queue every time. Green Street Hooligans and Pool Hall Junkies. Both are classic examples of what it takes to be a man. Must watch. All the best. Van. Uh, I will say this. Green Street Hooligans is one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite movies ever. I mean, it is awesome. Uh, Charlie Dude, Dunham. it's incredible. Charlie and Dunham. And I agree that it's unknown. Yeah, and it's funny. that I met Charlie Dunham once when he was doing, like, Sons of Anarchy stuff, but I didn't, for whatever reason, he was, he was like, in a son's gear, so I didn't put together that that was the same actor from Green Street. And, like, as he's walking away, my buddy goes, you know he's in, like, your favorite movie right now. I was like, no way. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen. I thought uh, you guys heard of Pool Hall Junkies. Nah, I'm looking it up right now. Let me see what I can get for the you. The synopsis is kind of tiny on this one. Just says a, billiard, a billiards player ends his friendship with a con man who taught him how to play the game. <laughs> but hey, it's got Chaz <laughs> nice. Palmateri in it, so I'm in. Or, and Christopher Walken. Dude, well, I'll say this. So that that um, email is from Dwayne. Thank you, Dwayne, for reaching out. But your email address says. Well, I'm not going to read his full email address, but part of it is ATX. And I'm guessing you live in Austin, Texas, which means you should have hit me up for a beer while I was down there. But it's, okay. it's the first time he's emailed. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, thanks for reaching out, Dwayne. I'll check out Pool Hall Junkies. This sounds pretty cool. Green Street Hooligans. Totally agree with you. Most people have never heard of it. Awesome movie. And Cobb, I know Ted's on board. Did you watch the 7-5, Cobb? No, Ted freaking texted me about it like an hour after the podcast, hyped. Yeah, no, dude, didn't it was it. so good. It is unbelievable. I mean, just the stuff they're getting into. But yeah, the one character I've been using the line, who was it that told us about that? What, oh, Jeets told us about Jeets the told movie. Us, yeah. And he's right. The one cop is a Scorsese film character. Dude, he I was mean, cracking me up the whole time. Oh, I like the the crime, the drug boss, crime boss guy, too. Yeah, the, the, dr- the main drug dealer, is the he's, he's my favorite character. Yeah. Yeah, God, it's it's so good. My bad, Cobb. I couldn't remember if you had told me about it or Jeets had. That's why I texted you. Like I was like, dude, this is legit. Dude, uh, is it on oh. Netflix or where were you watching it? Yeah. Netflix, yeah. Okay, nice, dude. I'm watching a uh, Mick Millions on Netflix right now. Pretty good. Have you guys hmm. seen that? No. Nope. Is it's it about-, about all right. So you're, dude, Ted. I know you'll remember this because you were 375 pounds. But back in the day. You remember when McDonald's would do like the Monopoly game? Yep. Oh, is this about the dude that was rigging it? Dude, yes. And look, I ate a lot of McDonald's too. We definitely were into the Monopoly game as kids. For sure. And uh, it's crazy, dude. Crazy. Yeah, that's wild. How long has it been since they did Monopoly? And is that why they stopped doing it? Do they I'm not, not far do enough it? in to know that, but I would guess that that is because the CIA gets involved or the FBI, I'm sorry, gets involved. And I believe they said this is the last time we're going to run the game to try to catch the people who are rigging it. They haven't well, run the game since 2016. Yeah. It takes place. Yeah, one pl- family. Yeah. That year was awful. You're winning it all. That was a terrible year. I mean, look, I'd like to sit here and tell you it's about winning Monopoly, but a lot of it for me back in the day was just about eating the McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Sam. <laughs> I was happy to have an excuse. Like, there's a time when they'd give it to you on 10-piece nuggets and supersized fries. And it was like, you guys have got me figured out. Yeah, right. God, how crazy is that that supersized fries stopped existing after that movie, Supersize Me? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like the super size, like it just seems like there was an arms arms race about who could get out a bigger thing of fries or a bucket, like a full on bucket of soda. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, seriously. I feel like AMPM is still on that track. Like yeah. their things of soda are massive. And is yeah. McDonald's Coke different, or is it just because their fries or their straws are a little bit bigger, so you get more of a rush of the high fructose corn syrup at once? So, as somebody who was a soda connoisseur for years, I contend that McDonald's soda is different. Okay, and there's all their sodas or just just Coca Cola, especially. Okay. I mean, I like their Sprite. I'm a Sprite guy, but apparently, there's a lot of stuff on the internet that says like they like their their mixture of syrup to bubbles is better, and like they keep the lines cold or something, but like. Anybody that likes a soda like a Coke, like, will swear by McDonald's Coke. Right, right. And I've heard that there's, like, actually they have a different, slightly different recipe. Yeah. But it may just be they're keeping their lines cold, they're putting more bubbles, they're just, like, doing some stuff to the same Coke. Could be Right. I don't know. Could be a lot of stuff out there. <laughs> Dude, so you guys are correct. It does taste different. <clears throat> the reasons are, I'm reading right now, one, special story. So, first of all, I should say this. McDonald's in their early days was fanatical about how they stored the potatoes that they were going to make fries from. And uh, I remember reading that in Ray Kroc's book, and that had a, a lot to do with like um, why McDonald's got so popular fast. People loved the fries, right? America's favorite fries, whatever. So it makes sense to me that their Coke would be slightly different. So one, special storage. So storing it at the right temperature, um, which most people don't do. Two, consistent water filtration. Um, three syrup math, which said, look, they pre-chill their syrup. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, let's see also. So it changes slightly the syrup to water ratio. Um, they adjust it to account for the ice melting. So if you get oh. like a Coke without ice, for instance, um, chili temperatures, straw secrets, let's see what's straw secrets. It's slightly wider than a typical straw. So Good all call, that Matt. Coke taste can hit your taste buds. Good call. Thanks, man. Hmm. Yeah, so anyway, it looks like they go through painstaking effort to make it ever so slightly perfect. Yeah, I mean, I... So much like, ever so slightly better. I swear by that stuff, and also, like, I used to swear for it for helping for hangovers. Mmm. But I also just, like, sucking down vats of soda <laughs> for a period of my life. Yeah. <laughs> that was before not oh, yeah, life. Dude. Yeah, right. That was before not life. Hey, real quick, Cobb. <laughs> Like, I don't want to ruin all of what's mattening, but uh, uh, Coach Matt here, afterwards, <laughs> we go down to Dino's. We're gonna Cobble get a, appreciate this. He's a businessman. We're going to get a slice of pizza, right? So we go to Dino's, get a slice of pizza. Uh, Matt, and I'm going to keep calling him Coach Matt for this story, my nutrition coach. <laughs> coach Matt, no one get a second piece of pizza. Okay, they had to try both. And then Matt's like, dude, how are the garlic knots? And I'm like, I didn't even know they had garlic knots. So number one, I should say, it's funny as Matt goes, do you literally just get the same thing every time you come here? And I was like, yes, obviously I do. I don't even look at the menu. Uh, but then we start eating these garlic knots, and I'm like, these are great. And he's like, yeah, I won 40 bucks in the casino. Like, you should come down here all the time and get knots. It's like, I see what's happening here. I lost weight, and now you're trying to get me fat, fat me up on the knots. <laughs> Re-enrollment. Re-enrollment. Now I have to pay more money again. I've raised my rates since then, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Threefold. Dude, and you know, that is funny. And is that not America in a nutshell? They take something away from you, and then they sell it back to you. I mean, I feel like they took all of our health, a lot of our sexuality, and then they sell it. They cram it back down our throats. 
<laughs> With that Sorry said, to go dark, but it's the truth. When you get back in town, we're going down there to get an order of garlic knots. They were delicious. It sounds like a great Tuesday to me. <laughs> oh, I'm in. I'm 100% in. Uh, <laughs> Maybe we'll grab some hookers, too. Why not? Hey, guys. Matt, I just got an air fryer and made some wings. There's a new wing king in town. Why didn't I buy one of these things years ago? Uh, anyway, keep on gr- making the greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. That is all. Tyler. Wow. Uh, thrown. Yeah, you're going to have to, like, sorry. You don't get to just make some, make a couple, wi- one batch of wings and declare yourself the new wing king. To be fair, that is exactly what I did, Ted. <laughs> Turns out we got a new challenger to the wing king throne. All right, all right. There is four exclamation points, which makes me think this guy knows what he's doing. And who's it from? Uh, it's from Tyler. All right, we know no Tyler. We know a few Tylers. Yeah, but I'm assuming if they're the new Wing King, it's probably probably a Tyler I'm thinking of. Hey, we used to work with. Oh, does he not work here anymore? Maybe just the big events. Did he listen to the podcast? I don't know. I know I'd always see him when he was here. I just I'm just trying to figure out in my head when we'll have the wing off. Yeah, I mean I think there's been a lot of challenges uh, at different points. <laughs> so one of these days, one of these we'll get days. around to it. We have wing off. Dude, I got the perfect episode planned for you, Ted. Are you ready for this? Hit me. We get those two guys in the kitchen having a wing off. You're the judge, and you're sitting cage side as me and Juicy J settle our battle to figure out who's the king of the cage. (laughs) Oh, man. Can I start eating during your entrance music? I want to get a couple in before the fight ends. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, dude, yeah. I would just run. I'd just run in circles. Yeah. <laughs> dude, I don't know, man. I've been working on my back fist, spinning back fist. Um, that's it for emails, boys. Uh, it's funny you bring that up. I had not seen a good spinning back fist uh, in that cage. That first fight had one. Like, that dude yeah. legit caught him yeah. hard with a spinning back fist. I was like, ooh. Yeah. Like, generally, you don't see that till like, you're getting to, like, a UFC-type fight. Or it's just, like, I was like, that is a good move, man. Dude, I'm telling you, oh, that first yeah, fight was wild. that's an advanced move. Yeah. Tough uh, to land, too, I imagine. It is. It is. I mean, just, I mean, that's one thing. If somebody's good at Muay Thai and moving their body, I mean, elbows and knees are just devastating. Then Now we're throwing in back fist. Oh. All right, well, let's check in there, Matt. Um, well, we already kind of talked about Saturday night. <laughs> yeah, sorry about let's that. Start about, let's just talk about Friday night first. Uh, I went with uh, one of my friends that I train at the gym. We went and saw the Impractical Jokers movie um, up in Linwood, and that was hilarious. That was a lot of fun. Um, and then came back, uh, got back to Ballard, went straight to the Tractor Tavern, made it just in time to see Pound put on just... Right. I mean, it's what they do. It is a pummeling performance of, like, ridiculous proportions of, like, mathy metal that I don't really fully understand, but the first half of the song, it's like... What are my friends doing up there? Like, I know it's impressive. I don't get the music, but there is a little bit of bounce to it. Like, I, I'm having a good time and I can bounce with it. And then, like, 
about halfway through, Dave hits this symbol that like signalizes like buckle up, Matt. And next thing you know, it's just like these heavy, like big, spacious grooves that are just obnoxious. And it's like this is not accessible for everybody, but I really love it and had a great time. Like I didn't even stay for the band after them. And um, then I uh, like I woke up the next day. My ears were ringing and my neck was sore from one band set, which is really Ooh. saying something. Yeah. Um, and I wore earplugs and my ears were still ringing. Damn. They're very loud. Yeah. I I, very I've only close. seen Pound at Pain, so it was a little more open. Yeah. You got to see them in a small club and like get up real close and get the full experience. Yeah. It's good for you. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, I love those dudes, uh, and I love their music, uh, especially seeing it live. If you're curious about metal, but you don't like, you know you don't like the vocals in most metal, like, but you want to check out what, like, real extreme metal is, like, check out Pound. It's pretty rowdy, but give yourself a full song, because like I said, it picks up, and I think most people would, quote unquote, get the second half of their songs. A little more rhythmic. Yeah, exactly. A lot more, a lot more groove. The first part is, like... Math metal nerds showing off and like just being rad musicians. It's fun to watch in person, but uh, that yeah, like I said, you'll hear Dave's little like symbol that literally symbolizes like here we go, and uh, yeah, it's super fun. So then <laughs> uh, Saturday, I don't remember what I did during the day. Oh yeah, do I don't want to talk about it. But then I uh, saw uh, no one, <clears throat> no one came over. And we went to, we drove down to Cageport. Now on the way, we stopped at Popeye's to try mm-hmm. the new chicken sandwich. I got the spicy one. I removed the pickles, but ordered them on it so there's a little pickle flavor. But then I took them off, and then I put coleslaw, which I got as a side, on there too. Because it just... Real quick, real quick, how hungry were you? Scale of 1 to 10. Super baked. But how hungry were you? Pretty, pretty hungry. Like, yeah. Six. I was gonna. I was gonna say I used the hunger scale. I know. Uh, probably an eight. <laughs> Ted gets me. I know. I just. It's just funny the way he dropped it. In. Like I used the hunger scale. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, I'm at a two. I'm just bored. <laughs> I'm depressed. Uh, so I'm sad. I was like an. I was like a probably probably an eight by that point. Like, when Nolan showed up to my place in Ballard, we had discussed getting something in Ballard. And then I was like, yeah, but have you had the Popeye's chicken sandwich yet? Because there's one down in Federal Way, which is right on the way to Tacoma. And it's right off the freeway. So we went, and it was, uh, yeah, worth the hype. Why do you ask how hungry I was, Cobb? Well, because hunger is the best seasoning. And I wanted to know if you were going to side with me or Carson the lawyer. Oh, um... I mean, it's it's a little bit different than Chick-fil-A's, but I think I'd probably still give the nod to Chick-fil-A. Just, wow. It's kind of a nostalgia thing. I'm, I went to Chick-fil-A. I've to, never had Chick-fil-A's, but I was pretty impressed by Popeye's. I, I was, mean, Chick-fil-A's like the originals. That's what theirs is. Just a simple bun, pickles, and the piece of chicken. Yeah, to be fair, I don't get the I get the deluxe one with the lettuce and tomato. You made your own deluxe one of Popeyes. Yeah, coleslaw. Yeah. It's a good Bougie. move. I know. I'm fancy <laughs> like that, man. Get on my level. Uh and so then we uh 
we got to the casino. Um, we were there very early. Um, I let Ted know I was there, and then I was like, I'm just going to sit down at the roulette table because I can see where I got to meet Ted, and if my phone vibrates, I'll just cash out real quick. Um, yeah, and generally, we don't have very long production, but there was a lot of moving parts. So we had like a production meeting for like 25 minutes. Yeah. So, so I was in the arena. I just couldn't get down to you. Yeah, so it was perfect because yeah. I sat down. I played roulette. I wasn't sure when you were going to text, but I didn't want to be like hung up at the roulette table when you were like, I'm on my way down to get it because I know you're a busy guy there. So uh, I played, I think I got five spins, and like um, the last two, I hit the number on the inside. So then I was like, you know what? That's a great ratio. There's, it's not going to get a whole lot better than this. And I'm just, I just cashed out. Got ready uh, and waited for you, um, but one forty bucks on forty bucks, so doubled mm-hmm. it up. Mm-hmm. Um, spent it all on knots. Spent it all on garlic knots. Not life. Cobb, that's our new thing. Not life. Not life. <laughs> I like it. KL, we got KL. a gang sign. Yeah, we got a gang sign and everything. It's on. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> yeah, then we went to the fights. We talked about those. It was awesome. It was fun. Well, being there with Nolan, it was his first time at Cage Sport, so like. I was basically telling him all the things that Cobb has said. Like, you gain a whole new respect for the body shot yep, and the, the leg bo- kick. The body blow, the leg kicks. Just, I mean, just the the pure, the sound of flesh hitting flesh. Oh, so, yeah. I've told way too many people in their 80s about that. Because, like, I just have a lot of clients that are older. And I just kind of, like, how was your week? I'm like, great, I went to these cage fights. Uh, it was, It's just wild to watch that in person. And they just look at me like I'm crazy. But they yeah. already... <laughs> It's fun. You got to be authentic. You'll get a spry old dude who's like, I used to go to watch the fights. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm waiting on it. Um, and so then we, uh, yeah, you, we talked to you. Yeah. Oh, so at the end of the uh, fight, before I left, uh, a guy, I was talking to you at the cage, and then some guy came up to me thinking I was one of the fighters because he wanted a picture. And because I'm a fucking idiot, I just said, no, man, I'm not one of them. Like, because I just appreciated the compliment of saying I look yeah. like an MMA fighter. And it brought me back to a couple of years ago at the Olympic trials for the uh, diving thing. I guess that was, what, 2015? Um, I was walking down, and a guy that was working at the venue was like, right this way. And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm looking for my girlfriend. And he's like, oh, I thought you were one of the divers. So oh, nice. I felt really good thinking I was uh, mistaken for an Olympian. Olympian. And an MMA fighter. And then last night, while I was walking around the block talking to Lance on the phone, some guy asked me if I had any crystal meth. And then I was like, <laughs> well, shit, I guess I also look like a guy that has crystal meth. So maybe don't put so much weight in other people's judgments, man. Did you have any? No. no right, not you, at, you were out. You were not out. at the moment. Okay, cool. Yeah. You know, I got a couple, th- I got a couple days coming up. So off, coming up. Just thought I'd ask. It's a lot of days of my life when I have, right? <laughs> yeah. Um... So, yeah, then we went up to Dino's, like we talked about. Pizza was awesome. Garlic knots were maybe better. I don't know. I really liked both. It was a yeah. great night. It was great seeing the mayor. Um, and, yeah, we just had a had a good time. And Sunday was pretty low-key, trying to get ready for the week. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people had that Sunday. Plus, actually, the, the weather up here, Cobb, was pretty nice on the weekend. And then just Sunday, it kind of rained for a while. Yeah, that's what I've been seeing, man. I've been watching it. It looks like there's two nice days this week, too. Oh yeah, man. The 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 darkness is over. For now. Easy. <laughs> All right, I think it's about that time. 
Cobb Topic. Cobb Topic. So this one is near and dear to my heart. And I feel like what I'm most excited about is a thoughtful answer from Ted. So Ted, I don't want you to just answer right away. Like All right. oftentimes I want you to just stream a conscious me, but really think about this one. And it's okay to have a bunch of answers. Um, but the cop topic this week for people who, uh, who want to write in is, okay, so you know, sometimes when you walk into a bar, you just know. And so my question for you is, what in a bar tells you, hey, this is my kind of place? Feel free to email us, literally the word email at thepodcast.com, especially if you never have before. Uh, shout out, Dwayne. Um, <laughs> what in a bar tells you, this is my kind of place? Ted, it you could can... be yeah, all over the map. I mean, it, it could be a specific drink that they serve. It could be a dartboard, pool table, whatever. Whatever. So hit me with your best. Uh, Matt, you want to go first? Yeah, I was going to say, Ted, you can marinate on that because uh, last weekend I went up to the Vessel in Linwood and they had a window pane snare drum on the wall. And I was like, this is my kind of place. And Oh, yeah. Another thing I will tell you is, uh, well, I guess this is the opposite, but I could turn it to answer your question. It's my type of place if it's a place that doesn't charge me for fucking soda water. Oh, yeah. One time I was like, can I get a soda water? I had a dollar to tip the bartender because it's like, you're still getting me a drink. I will tip you dollars. She said, that'll be $3. Yeah. Well, some restaurants will charge for a soda. Generally, the rule was always if there's a group of people and somebody's at a bar and they're not drinking, don't charge them for the soda because they're probably the DD. But yeah, some places are just like that. They'll charge. They'll charge you for soda, soda water. Yeah. But I'm with you. For you, that would be a that would be a no. Like, all right, I'm out. Those aren't my places. Yeah, Matt, I thought you said you're fancy like that. What do you mean? Paying for soda waters? It's a no, principle I'm, thing. I, I'm, I'm just joking. It actually was one of my favorite lines you've ever said on the podcast. It was like a throwaway for you, and I was dying. You were like, I'm fancy like that. Get on my level. And just moved right. I was like, oh, nice. <laughs> oh, nice. Did I, I mean, I think for me, mainly, <laughs> it's going to be the presence of TVs. There's bars I like that don't have TV, TVs, but that generally means I'm in, like, in a cocktail bar or this or that, where it's like, for the most part, I spend my time in sports bars, right? Like, that's where I'm going to hang out or whatever. So to me, the presence of the TVs makes a huge difference. And then I will say, though, the things that will keep me coming back, if it's not a place that catches my eye right away, is your food. Like, there's one Japanese restaurant I like to go to just because their late night happy hour has this awesome tuna on it that's pretty cheap. But, yeah, TVs and then uh, the size of your mug doesn't hurt. Like, if you're a sports bar and you offer, like, a giant beer, I'm like, now I want to hang out here and drink a giant beer. What about peanuts on the floor? Peanuts on the floor are cool, but it's not, like, a deal breaker. Some people love it. and It's, it's like, a shtick. That's what we were talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I wouldn't I, bring it up because, I don't it, like, peanuts on the floor don't make a difference to me. Right. Not a deal maker right. or breaker. Right. Okay. So he's asking, like, and, what makes you come in there and say, hey, this is a place for me? Yeah, I want to just say also, like, maybe somebody listening is more like me, where if there's too many TVs or if there's even one TV with sports on, if I'm being honest, it will, like, it distracts me from the conversation. Like, my, I, my eyes just naturally gravitate towards it. I can be listening and processing and engaging with the person in front of me, but my eyes are going to that TV. I would say Ted is, like, the most present person in the conversation with TVs around. 
Yeah, like, I mean, I do it all the time. I watch sports all the time, so it's easy for me to look away from you and I'm still in the conversation. Dude is a black belt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's for me. And then honestly, I judge a lot of people on your chicken wing, too. Oh, yeah, that makes sense to me. You're a big chicken wing guy. And what was, dude, you were on some clip of some weird food when we went out to Lopez that you kept Coconut ordering. shrimp. What was it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Coconut, Jesus. Coconut shrimp. Yeah, the yeah. coconut shrimp tour, man. It still continues to this day. I just had some fancy stuff over at Stateside a week ago. <laughs> oh, dude, what is your life sometimes? I love it. <laughs> uh, for me, it is high life in a bottle, ski ball, or Steagle Rattler. Any of those three things, and I'm like, this is my kind of spot. We're staying here. Yeah, and like, even though I don't play pool, I often find myself in places that have a pool table. Yes, 100%. But that, to me, I, I like bars that have pool tables, but I don't see that, and I go, I'm going to like everything else about this. Because there's some bars I've been in that have a pool table that I don't like. So I look for the couple things that I'm like, this is definitely my spot. And I would say those three. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think. Like, Navy Strength down in Belltown. I went there a few weeks ago. They have a very good cocktail. I'm not a huge cocktail person, but I was like, man, these are super good. But, like, the last bar that really caught me like that was another sports bar, Rookies, over there. And I was like, I went into Rookies, and I was just like, place seems all right. And then we had some of the food. There was, like, a game on. I was like, Rookies, you're my new spot when I'm down in this neighborhood. What neighborhood? Where is Rookies? Uh, Rookies down, uh, I guess it's, is that still the Central District? I don't know. It's changed so much. Do we still call it the CD? But down by, like, if you're going out to, like, Seafair, what's the main park right there? It's the Columbia City. Yeah, so, like, Columbia. it up. All right, yeah, so it would be Columbia City. Rookies. But I still call that the CD. What else do they call it? The Rainier Valley? Rainier I don't Beach? know. Well, I just feel like now that it's been gentrified, I feel weird calling it the CD anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I'm seeing on this map Rainier Vista, which I've never heard of. Uh, got a Vista. Ain't no views. Ain't no views and no Vistas. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's like Mont Lake Terrace. No mountains, no lakes, no terraces. Right. Look it up. All right, uh, there you go. There's episode 290. Uh, next week, we got to see what we're going to do. Because I know Brad wants to come in, but maybe we'll wait till Cobb's back in town. Maybe I'll push that off a week. But uh, either way, Matt and I will be around. Yeah, we'll push something out. Uh, Kyle, it'll be good to see you. I'm sure I'll uh, talk to you this weekend at some point. Uh, yeah, so there you go. Episode 290. By the way, send us an idea. Should we have a party for 300? Should we do? We should do something, right? We have we 10 should. weeks to figure it out. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we'll just all go to a Dragons game. Ooh. Or at least. Fun. Dude, I'm thinking nine pound hammer in Belltown. I mean, in, uh, in Georgetown. <laughs> That's not a bad call. It's got a pool table. It's got beers I like. We could do that. Georgetown wouldn't be bad. I love Georgetown. And they got high life bottles. Uh, all right, there you go. Episode 290 for MCTP. For Cobb, I'm the Ted Smith. This is the podcast. Cheers.